0: All have a major impact on how our brain functions. So get ready to rewire your biology and your brain because we have a lot of great information ahead.
1: Hello, hello, amazing, beautiful humans. Here we are in another episode of the Happy Whole You podcast. Well, today I'm going to talk to you about pregnancy, postpartum, and I'm just going to share a little bit about what I went through during my pregnancies because I had a listener reach out and ask if I could talk about this. So here is my disclaimer. This is my story, my information, what worked for me, what didn't work for me, and of course, I highly recommend that you go see your doctor or talk to your doctor before starting any new exercise program, supplement, changing your diet, anything. So, just because these things work for me doesn't necessarily mean they will work for you. But I am going to share with you my two pregnancies and just what I discovered and learned and went through during my pregnancies. So, first and foremost, having children. Is very, very hard. (laughs) You know, I think a lot of times, at least in my experience, you know, I was always seeing these other women that were just so happily pregnant and having their babies and posting all these cute pictures of their babies and just seemed to be like really on top of it, posting their one month, two month, three month, four month, five month, six month year pictures. And I was literally just trying to survive after I had my first child. So when I had my son, I will say this, my pregnancy was fine. I mean, I had morning sickness that went to the afternoon sickness that went to day sickness. So I had all of that going on, had cravings and, you know, all of that stuff, but I didn't have any serious health concerns. So I'm very thankful for that while I was pregnant. One thing I wasn't expecting though, is after I had my son, I went into this deep deep depression that I was not prepared for. Nobody had talked about postpartum depression. I had heard about it as if it was this, you know, thing that happens to, you know, somebody else, but I have a history of depression and my doctor knew that and never brought up The idea or the fact that there's a higher probability that I would have postpartum depression based on my past mental health experiences. And so that was not something I was prepared for. And all I can describe is I mean, I had my son. And first of all, when I had my son throughout my pregnancy, I had an amazing nurse practitioner who helped me through my pregnancy. I saw the doctor maybe, I don't know, twice, I believe. And then I came to learn that the doctor would be there when I went to deliver. And I'm like, well, wait, why won't you be there? Because you've been here the whole time. And then the doctor actually, I was pregnant all through the night and the doctor came in around three in the morning. And when he came in, all of a sudden the birthing process slowed down. I got dilated to an eight. I didn't use any drugs until I was at an eight. And they're like, well, do you want you know, to have an epidural? And I'm like, okay. And I will say this, I did not go to any Lamaze classes. I figured my body's gonna know what to do when I go into labor. I had this birthing plan, which I think is now is kind of like a joke because you you go in there with the best intentions and then it's like, I don't know. Those of you that have given birth, you know, you just, you just get through it ultimately. And so anyways, I'm like, okay, I'll I'll get an epidural. I, you know, and that was before I really was diving into all this natural health stuff. And I maybe would have made a different decision. I don't know. But anyways, got the epidural. So it slowed down the the birth of my son. And then the doctor came in around 3 a.m., and was frustrated that everything had slowed down, and he wanted to use this vacuum to suck my son out. Well, they called it a vacuum, so all I could imagine is that it was sucking him out and I was like, "Well, is something wrong and And the nurse was like, "Well, his heart rate kept dropping, and then I would flip from one side to the other to help with get his heart rate back up. And I was like, well, is he in immediate danger? Like if that's the case, then I, I mean, I don't know, but I, I don't want my son to be sucked out in a vacuum. And one of the nurses said, and she goes, honestly, it's because the doctor just wants to get back to bed and it's the middle of the night. And, you know, he thought that you would be ready to go. So I was like, seriously. So I was a little frustrated there, but whatever, obviously my concentration was on giving birth. And ultimately I, you know, gave birth. I had my son vaginally without any vacuum or anything like that. And it was the weirdest thing. So I have him. And of course I hear him crying, which is like every mother is just waiting for that first cry because then it's like, okay, you know that they're okay. And you know, he cried. And then I remember them putting him on my chest And all of a sudden I literally felt like, and I don't know how much time had passed when, when this took place, but I just remember feeling like the walls and everything was just like caving in on me. Like I felt like this huge set, like rush of anxiety and I didn't know, I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what it was. And I was up all night. I hadn't slept. There were people coming in to, you know, see the baby throughout the day. And I just could not sleep. Like I knew I needed sleep and I couldn't sleep. And then I had the lactation specialist coming in. She was trying to get my son to latch on. And, you know, that all went great. And every time I would breastfeed him, This is another thing. If you have not had a baby, every time your child latches onto breastfeed, you, your uterus literally starts contracting back. And so all of those contractions you had to give birth, you get to go through them another time that was happening. And then I just, when my milk came in, I, I don't know. Things shifted in me, things changed. My hormones were just like out of control, and I got really, really scared. I just felt like I wanted to run away. I felt really trapped. I knew I needed to take care of this baby, and I loved my son. Like, it was a love that I can't even explain. But at the same time, I just was like, get me out of here. What is going on? And I don't even know who I am anymore. It was very weird. Well then of course you know take the drive home and any of you that have had a baby before you know that that drive home you put your child in that car seat and it's like that car seat is still way too big. I don't care how small a car seat you buy, you are just like, "Oh my gosh, I just have to make it safely home." And of course, you know, I sat in the back seat with my son driving home for the first time. And you know, you're driving away and you're like, "Wow, I just got to like bring this human along with me and you know, it's up to me to, to take care of this baby now and get back to the house. And it was about a little bit over 10 weeks where I was just in this really dark space. And I just remember at one point I told my husband, I knew we had a gun in the house and I just had said, you know, will you just take that and put it somewhere? Cause I don't know what I would do. And it wasn't that I was ever going to hurt my son, but I just felt like part of me was like, gosh, if I could just disappear, if I could just leave and get, I mean, it was none of this was logical thinking, you guys. It was total hormonal, but it feels so incredibly real when you're going through it. And all I could do was just remind myself of this is false because you went through depression in your past. And I just kept telling myself, this is your brain playing tricks on you. And I'm thankful that I had a past history of dealing with depression because had I not had that to remind myself that my brain is playing tricks on me, I mean, who knows? And so for women out there who have never experienced any type of depression and they have a child and they go through postpartum, I mean, my heart just breaks for you and because you just, you have no idea. Even myself, I had no idea and I'd had depression before, but this was on like a totally different level. So I wanted to share that with you because, you know, we're in this whole quarantine time as well and so i cannot imagine being pregnant right now during this pandemic and you know all of the things you're going to have to navigate around going to the hospital delivering a child with maybe just one person there all the protocols that that are taking place you know being tested for covid and if you have covid you know are you going to be separated from from your child if your child has covid i mean i don't know i I don't even want to think about that stuff because it just breaks my heart. But the reality is, is there is a pandemic. And if you are pregnant, you're going to have to navigate this. And I think it's important to just have an understanding of what to expect when you go to the hospital and what the hospital is expecting in terms of who can be at the hospital, what you need to do prior to, et cetera. But I kind of got off track there. That's totally me. But anyways, I want to jump back to my second pregnancy. So having my daughter, I knew going into my second pregnancy, I was like, okay, here I am. I'm I'm ready for this postpartum thing. If if you're gonna show up, I'm ready for you. And with my son, what I did, you know, 10 weeks was like really bad. And then I decided, you're going back to work, like suck it up, you know, like get it together. And like I just had to start living my life again. I got through that and I started eating healthier, started running and doing all the things that, you know, typically, you know, will help you feel better. But, you know, one of the biggest things that was so important going into my second pregnancy that I learned in my first was to get sleep. And I mean, you guys, like with my son, I did not sleep literally, I think for like, I don't know, two days or so. And, I just knew in that 10 week period, as I was going through it, the more sleep I would get consecutively, like four hours together, then five hours together, then six hours together, like the better my life started to become. And the other thing was what I started doing as I would start pumping and I would leave the bottles and just tell my husband, Hey, like I need you to get up with the baby. And you know what? I was home and I was with a baby all day and my husband was going to work all day, but I think it was around like six or seven weeks. I was like, you know what? I get that you're at work all day, but this is work too. So women do not feel bad if you have to ask your spouse to stay up and feed the baby so you can get sleep. I mean, sleep is so important during a pregnancy and recovering and do not feel bad about that. And I mean, I remember when my husband would get home from work and it was like, <laughs> I'm like, here, take the baby. And I just wanted to go, like, go outside or just like you know, it was like, I had this child that was attached to me 24 seven. And it was like, you kind of lose your own identity and you lose yourself. And you know, that's my experience. And some, some women don't have that, don't feel that. And they're like, Oh, how could you, Oh, I just love my child. And I just did da, da, it. Da, da. And it's like, it's not a matter of not loving your child. It's a matter of you need to be able to have that time for yourself. I call that me time. And some people like myself, I need that me time so I can recover and I can just be a better mom. And it's important that we get that time and you know, explaining to your spouse, hey, I know you've been at work all day and I just need you to take the baby for a quick 10 or 15 minutes right when you get home because I have to like unwind. Then you have to find something that works for you and your spouse. And then for all the single moms out there who don't have that, God bless you because I mean, honestly, wow, you're pretty amazing, but also don't feel that you have to do it on your own. Call a friend, call a relative, call somebody that can help you and allow you to leave and have some time. To yourself. So sleep is so important. So I knew when I was having my daughter, I was going to pump, I was going to get my sleep. And you know, if you're breastfeeding and you get your first five to six hours of sleep, you wake up and yes, your breasts are engorged and you have to like pump right away. But you know, that sleep is so important and With her, what I did is I actually started to supplement throughout my pregnancy a lot more. So I was making sure I was taking like double the omegas. I was taking a lot more vitamins than I was with my son. Also because I had just had a baby and I have two years between my children, but having a baby breastfeeding and then turning around and doing it all over again, you know, you have to make sure that you replenish your reserves. So making sure your macro, micro minerals, All your aminos, everything is back on track and realizing when we're pregnant and when we're breastfeeding, our body is actually needing more of those nutrients and those agents. So with my daughter, I was taking more supplements. I was I exercised throughout that whole pregnancy. I did the same with my son. Unfortunately, with my daughter, I actually had hernias. I had two inguinal and an umbilical hernia at four months pregnant. So my exercise became very creative, I guess I should say, and altered. But I made sure I still exercised and moved my body throughout the pregnancy because I know how important it is for the development of my baby and for myself to exercise. So, you know, no matter what you have going on, find something you can do, even if it's just some bicep curls or you know, going for a walk or whatnot, make sure you're moving your body through your pregnancy in a safe way that is obviously approved by your doctor. And I will say this with my doctor, they told me, you know, don't get your heart rate above X amount. And I think it was like 120 or something. And I'm like, well, my resting heart rate and my max heart rate are not the same as other people my age. So you really want to Base it off of your fitness level going into your pregnancy and work with someone who specializes in fitness for pregnant women and they can help you, you know, find what is a safe zone and what works for you. The other thing Is besides moving, eating whole foods, supplementing, is I was making sure with my daughter I got sunshine every day before I had her and after. And then after I had her, the biggest thing was, you know, getting that sleep, making sure I took a shower and actually did my hair and did something with myself always made me feel better. And, you know, getting outside, calling a friend, all of those things were. Really, really important when after I had her, and I only had postpartum with her for probably I don't I even know, it was like maybe two or three weeks, if that. I will say this one thing I went through with my daughter that I was really I don't like to think about it and I don't really talk about it too much, but it's really frustrating and annoying to me. <laughs> but I have really good insurance, health insurance. And I just remember I was at the doctor and they had me like sign some waivers and it's not very uncommon, but I remember she said, oh yeah, you're just signing this. This is for just this genetic test and don't worry, your insurance covers it or something along those lines. So it was ultimately an extra test that my insurance covered. So, you know, you can go ahead and do it is, is how it was kind of presented to me. I'm like, okay. So I did this and then I get a call uh, after they got these test results back and again I wasn't a hundred percent sure on what it was and they told me they said, you know, we're gonna need you to go get genetic counseling because there is a, you know, high chance that your 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 baby has Down syndrome. And I'm just like, this is over the phone. I'm like what? Like, I'm just a little confused. Like, well, that test that came back, you have, I don't even know what percentage they told me. And they told me, you know, whatever percentage it was and that I needed, my husband and I needed to go see a genetic counselor. And so we went to this counselor and I mean, this is kind of foggy to me because I kind of actually blocked this out because I was so upset over this. And Ultimately, they told me that you know I could get a, an additional test done to find out if for sure my baby had Down syndrome, and if my, this test that they would do could ultimately abort my baby as well. So there was a chance of having losing my child, and I just remember I was like, "Why are they even telling me this? Because it's not a hundred percent." And you know, it, even if it even if my child did have Down syndrome they're like, they literally up to, I think it was 20 weeks. I could abort my baby. And I'm just like, I mean, I, number one, I don't need to know hundred percent if my child is down syndrome or not. Cause either way I'm going to love this baby, like nobody else, you know? And then I was just like, wow. I just remember having a conversation with my mom. Like they would like, you know, allow me to abort my baby. And they, and they wouldn't even know, I mean, there's not a hundred percent that they would even know this. And I was just like really bothered by it. And part of me, I, of course I question. you know, you, especially when you're a parent, you think of the worst case scenarios and you think of all these crazy things. Part of me was like, you know, now after I had my daughter and I had my son and I just look back at that and I'm like, man, what if I was, you know, a young mom and I'd never had my first son, what would I have done then? And I just like played these different scenarios in my head. And I don't know, I just felt like how that was handled with the doctor's office was just unfair. And maybe I should ask more questions and all of that. But ultimately it was just, I don't know. It was an unpleasant experience. So just know that if they ask if you want genetic testing or something along those lines for Down syndrome, I don't know. I mean, that's obviously a choice that you can make. But I was. I mean, I was in the. I was 29 years old, and you know, it wasn't even like it was necessary, and I was high risk. But since I did have that test, they said that I was high risk because of the the percentage that came back or whatnot, and I had to go to this high risk doctor and. Anyways, everything is fine and my daughter's great, but that was something else that I, I dealt with in the second pregnancy. And, you know, that's the whole thing. It's like being pregnant, we just never know. We don't know exactly what's going to happen and we can't predict everything. But I think it's super important as women that we take care of ourselves, our mind, body, and spirit. And, you know, getting that sunshine Eating healthy foods, moving our body, limiting our stress. And if you are getting worked up over things that you know you shouldn't be getting worked up over, have a nice reminder that it's probably those hormones in your brain playing tricks on you because our brains can totally do that. (laughs) Just know that whatever plan you have in place, it's good to have a plan, but also be open to another plan because there's always the other plan that happens and we don't necessarily plan for that during this pandemic and women out there that are pregnant that are going to have a child during this time i wish you nothing but love and light and again just educate yourself and know what's going to be or ask what's going to be expected at the hospital and if you choose to go that route and make sure ladies no matter where you are I, even if you had your babies 10 years ago 15 years ago 20 years ago take care of yourself. Give yourself permission to take care of yourself because it is so easy to throw all your energy, all your time into our children and into everything else that we can lose ourselves. And it's important for us to be a little bit I mean, I use the word selfish, but it's not even being selfish, but I guess just be a little bit selfish for yourself. Take care of yourself. If you are struggling with postpartum depression, if you are struggling with, you know, anything with mental health get a professional to talk to find someone that can help you. And it may look like getting a personal trainer. It may look like getting a counselor. It may look like getting a health coach. It may look like getting a life coach. It may look different for every single person and that's okay, but find what works for you so you can function and, you know, be your best and be going on all cylinders and living your highest and best life Because we only have this one life, you guys, and it is important that we take care of this vessel that we are given to live this life in and taking care of your body is so important. And just remember, you are going to be setting an amazing example for that child or those children that you have. And just make sure that you're taking care of yourself because they are observing what you are doing, what you are saying, what you are eating. They feel what you are feeling and it all matters. So thanks for listening, you guys. I hope there were a few nuggets that I shared with you today that can help you or that kind of give you a heads up. And again, always consult your doctor before starting any nutrition, fitness, or any new program when it comes to your health. And feel free to reach out to us at info at you.com if you have any questions or comments. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at You. All right, guys. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.